What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Uh, first off, this is going to be a shorter episode than usual, so no 30 to 50 minute episode this week. I'm going to try to stick it to around 15 to 20 minutes, uh, about the same time as I've listened to any of the schedule preview podcast, about the same time as those are. So this will be a quicker podcast than usual. As I've mentioned, uh, NLL preview podcast coming out later this week uh, for the East Division, and early next week will be the uh, West Division before we uh, jump into the first weekend of the NLL season, which will start next Friday, I believe. Friday or Saturday? Let me pull this up real quick here. NLL schedule. Starts on the 29th, which will be on, I believe that's Friday. Big game that, big game to start off, um, actually. So the 29th, okay, that's uh, Friday, yep, Friday. And one Saturday game will be Rochester, Georgia. Big one, a uh, couple big ones to start off the season. Preview those more next week in our NLL. Uh, week one preview. So going over a little bit of what happened last weekend, and again, I'm not going to get too much into this because preseason games don't, unless you're like really looking at how well a rookie is doing um, or whatnot, it doesn't really, or how well, you know, some of these expansion teams and uh, Halifax, they are, you know, they're not an expansion team, but they have some newer guys that didn't play uh, haven't played together for as long as some of the other guys have in Rochester when they started wheeling and dealing late last season, getting the right team in place they wanted to take to Halifax. Um, so this weekend, uh, last weekend, there was multiple NLL preseason scrimmages. <clears throat> um, I believe that was the last weekend of NLL scrimmages. Um, there, may, there was one in Toronto this weekend. And um, I cannot think of, I think there may be one or two more, uh, but I know most teams um, are done with the scrimmages. So we saw a lot of offense last weekend in these scrimmages, and I don't know if that's just a point of teams getting other goalies' reps. Excuse me. Or teams having really good offenses. Because I do think a lot of these teams, I think this year we're going to see a lot of offense with some of the, especially with some of the uh, new expansion teams, because I think some of these defenses kind of lack a little bit. And just based off what we saw last season, and they're still going to be great defense, but from what we've seen this preseason and things like that, there should be like a lot of offense. And I'm talking New York, Halifax, Georgia, Toronto still. Uh, Saskatchewan is, I think, the most complete team again. Uh, San Diego, and you know, hopefully Austin Sots comes back sooner rather than later there from that ACL injury. Um, I used to have a lot of movement that's gone around, and really should be a, a, a an offensive kind of league this year. Um, and not to say there won't be any defense because there certainly will be, but to get into these preseason uh, games. 
So on Saturday, uh, New York beat New England uh, 16-10. to uh, That one was held in Philadelphia. Uh, it was pretty tight early. Uh, the Riptide holding a 3-2 lead over the Black Wolves heading into the second. Uh, the Riptide caught fire in that second period. Went ahead 8-4 to at the half. Um, New York went on a 6-4 to run to secure the preseason win in the final quarter of play in the fourth. Uh, Zach Haywires, it, it, uh, Connor Kelly, and Tyson Gibson uh, both each had hat tricks. And I wrote an article today, and I'll dive into that a little bit on here. Uh, but I wish Connor Kelly is one of the five players that could be a breakout player this year. And I didn't mention Zach Haywires in there, but he like he certainly could be. And again, in the article, I didn't mention any, any rookies. And Tyson Gibson, obviously a fantastic player. Uh, Kieran McCardle also had... Uh, two goals and four assists. Uh, there was no stats for New England out of that scrimmage. And then uh, we had a tie up in Toronto as Rochester and Toronto tied 13 to 13 uh, Saturday night in Orangeville at the track. Uh, Rochester, they started the game on a three goal run. Adam Jones finally got Toronto rocking. few minutes after um, Toronto, uh, excuse me, yeah, after Rochester's three-goal run uh, to get Toronto's offense going, the Nighthawks held the lead until Dan Dawson tied things up with uh, at six in the second quarter of play, kind of midway through. Uh, and literally from that point on, it was back and forth, back and forth. And the Toronto Rock were live tweeting the game, and you could just see Tie, lead, tie, lead, tie, lead. And it was just back and forth for the rest of the game. Ends up with a tie. Uh, Sean Evans had the uh, the game-tying point. Um, no stats were like published at the time of writing the article, and I'll post it uh, preseason uh, breakdown up on um, com. I'll post that down in the uh, show notes. But no stats were uh, reported at the time. That article went up, but I believe Sean Evans did have 10 points in the game, five goals and five assists, uh, something uh, near that. But I, I, I did see somewhere, I believe that I saw Sean Evans had 10 points. And also that was his first uh, preseason go with this new Rochester club. So it uh, should be interesting to see how he does in Rochester you know, as a prime offensive target in this league as a scorer. And I think his, you know, I think we all agree his best, his best abilities, his ability to see and to pass the ball, just very, very effectively and very well. And at the ILA, the Iroquois uh, Lacrosse Arena, the Georgia Swarm defeated the Buffalo Bandits seventeen to thirteen. Fairly close throughout the game. Buffalo had to come back uh, in the final quarter of play. Georgia jumped out to a 15-6 lead in the third. Uh, we saw Randy Stotts, Lyle Thompson, Zed Williams, and Brian Cole all find the back of the net for Georgia, while Chris Cloutier, 
had three goals for Buffalo and Dallas Bridal and Josh Byrne also netted two. Dallas Bridal, um, also a guy listed as a potential breakout player this season. I'll dive into the article a little later. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start wrapping things up quickly here because there wasn't much stats out of some of these scrimmages. So um, Vancouver and San Diego. Uh, Vancouver wins 16-10. to Jordan McBride had a hat trick for Vancouver. Um, Riley Rowan, uh, who tra- uh, traded to Vancouver from... Uh, he was in Cali last year, traded to Vancouver. Uh, Logan Chess, Sam Coyle, also had two goals as well. Um, in, front of a, in front of a crowd of 13,013 at the Saddle Dome, the Colorado Mammoth defeated uh, in Calgary. The Colorado Mammoth defeated the Calgary Roughnecks 12 to 9. Things were very tight through the first half, being tied at four, heading into the third. Colorado's offense and that young offense, they're doing this movement to go younger there in Colorado. Really woke up in that third uh, quarter, uh, led 8 to 6, heading into the final frame. And being able to maintain that lead, brought the 12-9 victory. Dane Doby had five points, three goals to assist for Calgary. Um, Eli McLaughlin and Jacob Ruray led the way for Colorado, as usual, uh, for both sides there. The Philadelphia Wings beat the New York Riptide 21-15, so New York's offense kind of, kind of explodes against New England on Saturday and on Sunday. They uh, got beat 21-15, to 15, allowing Philadelphia to just kind of set the net ablaze. I mean, that's – and on both sides, that is a lot of goals. And when I talk about those a lot of offense this weekend, some of these scores, there was a lot of offense this weekend. Um, New York was able to come out of the game uh, – coming out of the gate firing. They went up 6-2, to two actually, at the end of the first. Philadelphia came back. Took a 10 to 8 lead at halftime. That's a lot of goals in uh, that second quarter there. Um, obviously secured the 21 to 15 win. No stats were available for that game at the time of the article being published. Um, in Vancouver, the Saskatchewan Rush defeated the, Van, uh, the Vancouver Warriors 16 to 14 on Sunday. Saskatchewan uh, was in control of the game for pretty much all of it, but Vancouver was able to put together a pretty good comeback effort in that second half. Sticking with the NOL and moving to uh, the article that I've mentioned multiple times, which is five potential breakout candidates for the 2019-20 NOL season. Not going to go through all of it, but I will go through a couple of guys here. Dallas Bridal, um, Orangeville, Ontario native. He had his first, he was drafted in 2017 in the third round. Um, was been on the Buffalo Bandits practice squad uh, all of last season. Only appeared in one game. Had his first goal, I believe, last season with the Bandits. Uh, has only really played, like literally has only played one NLL game. But when you look at the outstanding summer he had in the MSL uh, with the Brampton, Brampton Excelsiors, 27 points, 11 goals, 16 assists there. 
And then also what he did in the game that he played uh, with Buffalo last season. Picked up three loose balls and dished out one assist. I believe he scored a goal as well in that game. Uh, and when you look at Buffalo in their situation, and, and in the kind of the intro to this article, I talk about how a lot of players break out because of situational things. And a lot of it is it's either situational, um, kind of like last year with Thomas Hogarth. And I mentioned that in here. Um, and Th- Thomas Hogarth is going to be likely out for the season after getting injured at the World Indoor Lacrosse Championship. He's playing for the Iroquois Nationals. Sean Evans, Jordan Dostin, both picked up in the NL expansion draft. That leaves a pretty big hole for uh, the Buffalo Minutes on that de- on that offensive side. And even though you have players like Dane Smith and Josh Bone and clearly small, you're going to need a guy to kind of help uh, bolster that offense once again without Hogarth in the lineup. Uh, and Buffalo has a slot to fill on that right side. And Dallas Bridal could be that guy. You know, is he going to be a guy that's going to come in and be a starter on day one and uh, puts up, you know, 20 points a game, you know, five points, uh, not 20 points, this is not the NBA, uh, puts up, you know, double digits every game? No, probably not. But he's going to be able to, to fill a void there in Buffalo. And from what he's shown, um, he can be an impact player on that offensive end, and you saw they were using him. Uh, they used him quite well in the preseason uh, thus far, and it looks like he should be able to make a, make an impact there. Now, Jeff Woodig, uh, another forward in Colorado. Um, and again, all these are offensive guys. I couldn't and, – and I'll get into that in a second, but um, drafted in the fourth round in 2017 – Woodig signed a two-year deal with Colorado last fall. Uh, St. Catharines, Ontario native. Only played in eight games last year, but could see an uptake, uptick in his minutes this season. He had 21 points, eight goals, 13 assists in just eight games last season. Um, and, you know, with a thin left side coming into the season, there's a spot there for Woodig to possibly take. And, you know, you pair him up with Elon McLaughlin on the left side, and I mean, I think this, you know, again, like this youthful offensive core that Colorado has, and really this youthful team that Colorado is putting together um, out there in the Rocky Mountains, this could, I mean, Jeff Woodig could be a big piece of this Colorado Mammoth team uh, going forward. And especially, I mentioned the youth movement. And you could see a little bit like what we saw from Kyle Killen last year. Uh, obviously, Kyle Killen was a rookie, and I didn't add any rookies. And on this list or goaltenders, uh, just because we kind of, not that we know, but everyone looks at those first and people don't really necessarily look at some of these other guys. Um, and this is what I think these last two, I, uh, this last, this, this one right here for uh, Georgia, Brendan Bombelli transition guy. This is, this is something that we saw last year with Zed Williams and uh, with Georgia and they ended up keeping him over Holden Katoni in the expansion draft. And that might not have been the best. Like, personally, would I have kept Holden Katoni over Zed Williams? Absolutely. But John Arlotta is going to do what he's going to do. And uh, they lose Holden Katoni in that expansion draft. And Brendan Bombay 
reports out of training camp is he has been very, very good on the offensive end, mostly playing on the defensive side in the transition game. He had a great summer with the Six Nations Chiefs in the MSL, um, and he could like, he could possibly see some runs out the front door this season. Uh, and I, again, I mentioned, especially with that loss of Holden Katoni on that left side. And, you know, again, like, because, and he's a righty, but still, you have a loss on that left side. You only have, what, one or two guys? Come, you only have two guys, really, um, on that left side. You know, and, and that's granted that Zach Miller um, turns out to be what we all think Zach Miller can be. Uh, and also, you mentioned he's coming off that injury sustained in San Diego last year. If, you, if you're not aware, Georgia traded for Zach Miller. Uh, traded a draft pick for Zach Miller uh, prior to the draft, actually on the morning of the draft, uh, to get him to kind of help bolster that left side. And he's coming off an injury from last year. So, again, the right side with Lyle Thompson and Randy Stotts and Miles. I mean, we all know those names. And that's going to be a heavy right side, just like it always has been. But last year, the difference with Georgia was they had some balance because you could – you know, if 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 Lyle can't get the shot off, you know, bang it around uh, to Katoni, and he'll he'll shoot a laser from up top on the left side, and uh, you don't have that this year. So to have a guy like Bombay that can step in even on the right side and kind of be uh, be a guy that can use to, uh, to 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 put in when someone needs a breather, or, or if he gets chances to run out the front door on a regular basis has the potential to be probably the biggest breakout player this season. I think Bromberry and Bridal are probably the two uh, biggest guys uh, that that uh, you see, uh, that you could see breakout this season. Now, Mike Burke from the Halifax Thunderbirds, um, he's been out in and out of the league. Um, he played in 15 games last season with Rochester, uh, 15 goals, 27 assists. Like, he has a chance to make a bigger impact this year. And especially with the kind of offense they have with Cody Jamison, Ryan Banesh, and Kyle Jackson um, as some of the leaders on that end. And I think Burke, you know, he he's made a run at the Arena Lacrosse League, and he's shown what he can do at that level. Um, he's been in and out of the NLL for a few the last year, he really got a fair shake last season with Rochester, and they like him, and they're bringing him to Halifax with them. And you no, know, just that in itself, and how much he got to play last season shows me that he can do this thing. Like he can go out there and be a and be a key piece of this offense, um, along with with, with with a young guy like Chris Bushy, who uh, played really well in Rochester last year as well. I didn't mention him in the article as a leader on that offense, but he should step up again this year, and he was huge for them uh, at the end of last season. Connor Kelly, mentioned him before. The American out of uh, the University of Maryland, doesn't have much box experience, was in San Diego last year, uh, Connecticut native, Connecticut being close to Long Island and New York. Uh, The Riptide picked him up. In the expansion draft and being uh, somewhat of a hometown, you know, he's not a Long Island guy like Kieran McCardle, but he, he he's close enough. They could market it as that. Um, he showed a lot of promise with Team USA in the World Indoor Championships. 
And I think this is a guy that really, like, he's a next Kieran McCardle, a next... I think Kieran McCardle's the next great American box player, and you've seen that, and he's going to be a face of this Riptide team. And I think the next expansion draft, if we see an American team come in, which I hope we do, Houston, Dallas, Nashville, San Francisco. Come on, guys. Vegas, even. I think they would go get Connor Kelly because you look at, it's kind of the progression, right? Tom Schreiber is Captain America up in Toronto. Kieran McCardle was kind of under Tom Schreiber, if, if you will, as an American player in the box game. Now you have Connor Kelly under Kieran McCardle in with the Riptide in in New York or Long Island, whatever you want to call it. That's like I think that it's that natural natural progression. And yeah, I think Matt Lambo guys like Matt Lambo guys like that can be really good box players. Brent Adams is doing fairly well in Toronto, uh me, Vancouver this year in at camp, I believe. This could Connor Kelly could be the next great American box player on the offensive end. And, you know, he's he, he had 22 points in the World Indoor Championships. And, and yeah, the talent you face against England and, and all that, is that exactly the same that you're going to see facing Halifax or Toronto or Vancouver? No, it's more of a concentrated um, talent pool in terms of the highest level. But still, he had 22 points, 11 goals, 11 assists. In just four games, and this is a guy. I think the when you watch him play the field game, you kind of look at his skill and say, "Okay, that's a guy that's fit for the box game, and he can make an impact at the pro level in the box game." Now, do want to mention a couple schedule releases here before I get off and quit talking here uh, on this week's podcast, but. Albany has released their schedule and Cornell as well. I'm gonna do those a podcast um, for both of those for both of those next week. I'm just gonna highlight a couple games here for for Albany uh, versus Cornell. Big one there. There was a 17-16 Cornell win last year uh, versus Syracuse. That one will be held. At Albany for the first time ever at Tom and Mary Casey uh, Stadium. Uh, for Cornell, though, uh, a couple big games for the Big Red this season. Again, that Albany game is going to be a big one. Penn State, Yale, and Hobart. And I'll go over all of those on the next podcast uh, uh, schedule preview um, of both of these schedules. But that Yale game, it was, you know, Cornell. Dating back to 1916, Cornell holds a 52-27-1 lead. They've split the past couple games uh, with Yale winning in the regular season in 2018. Uh, Cornell beating Yale in the Ivy League Championship in 2018. And then last year, Yale beating Cornell in the regular season. And they also got... Um, believe they also beat them in the semifinals where they played Penn. Cornell lost in the semifinals to the Ivy. I can't believe they played Penn or Yale on that one, but uh, should be a good one. Hobart should be a good one uh, as well, so they have a lot of talent coming back. 
as does Cornell. Uh, some other things on lacrossebucket.com you all can go check out today. Um, throwback Thursday, Jimmy Lewis, College Cross's original GOAT. Uh, the dude is revolutionary as an attackman. Always featured on the website, the How Will California's Fair Pay to Play Act Impact College Cross? Um, on the you know top part on the slider, I might interview with uh, Merrimack head coach Mike Morgan. Five potential uh, breakout candidates and an article looking at the problems, or I guess the issues that Joe Amplo and his staff face as uh, coming into his first year as a head coach at Navy. Also have an article on the Saskatchewan rush and how this year kind of coming into this year, it kind of mirrors what 2018 was for them as a bounce back year to potentially make it back to the NLL finals and win an NLL cup, which I do believe that Saskatchewan will do that this year. Like that's my pick um, for this year. And I'll get, get into all of that next week when we preview uh, the East Division uh, later this week when we preview the East Division and next week when we preview the West Division in the NLL. As always, thank you all for listen for listening in. Uh, this has been the Cross Bucket Podcast. Make sure y'all go check out lacrossebucket.com. Check us out on social media at lacrossebucket. My personal at Tanner underscore Dimling. Uh, that's it for this week's cross bucket podcast i know it's a short one as i said but y'all have a great week uh go enjoy some lacrosse again y'all check out lacrossebucket.com where it's always lacrosse season